You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 144. And today we're going to be wrapping up our series on church security. Uh, We've been talking about the importance of of having a plan for protecting your church, having the right people in place, and then today we're going to talk about how to create that team, things that you need to teach your people, skills, knowledge that you need to teach them so that they can be a professional church security team. And I'm going to give you nine areas that we want to cover and that and, the, and these aren't exhaustive by any means. There's plenty of other things that we can teach and train our people in. But these are a good start to, to creating the right kind of uh, team in your church that's going to keep it safe. And, you know, it's sad that we even have to talk about this. But if we don't, we're abdicating our leadership responsibility because it is part of our job as pastors and leaders to make sure that our flock is safe. And we can't just assume that everything is going to be fine because it's just too often in the news we're hearing about somebody going in and shooting up a church, whether it's in America or whether it's in another country. Um, you know, you hear about it in Egypt, you hear about it in India, you hear about it in Pakistan. It's it's in so many places, and as, as, as pastors and leaders, our job is to do what we can to keep our people safe. And that's going to be in most cases, creating a church security team that can look after the flock. So the first thing <coughs> excuse me, that we want to train our people in is worst case scenario, and that is active shooters. This is where you know that the church in Texas was, was targeted recently, and, and the man came in and shot and killed many people. And you hear and see this in so many places. Somebody who, who hates Christians comes in and tries to kill as many as they can. And so we want to equip our team. And again, this is worst case scenario, probably something you'll never have to deal with, but we want to make sure that our team has a plan on how to deal with it. What are they going to do if somebody comes in, um, if they're, you know somebody comes in and starts shooting up the church? And it's thinking through who's going to do what, who's going to go secure the children's wing, Who's going to, um, you know, call 911? Who's going to try and engage the shooter if you're in a situation where you have armed security? So having a plan and then making sure everybody knows what that plan is. So active shooter training. And this is sitting down, talking about it, maybe with a whiteboard, drawing out the floor plan of your church and and just just strategizing. What would would we do? If this happened, number two, we want to train our people and help them to have an attitude of professionalism. 
And what this means is, it might mean be something as simple as developing a dress code. And I don't mean if everybody in your church is dressed casually, the security guys are the only ones wearing suits and ties. We don't want them to stand out. We want them to blend in. But we do want them to dress nicely. We want them to look good. We want them to look sharp. We don't want somebody coming in a tank top, in a tank top and flip-flops. Because reality is, if there was a situation in our church that our security team had to respond to, it's very likely they're going to be on video. I used to tell my police officers, the ones that I supervise, remember, everything you do today or tonight is probably going to be on the nightly news. Um, everybody has a video camera now on their phone. And, you know, if you're out dealing with somebody and you lose your temper and you start saying things you shouldn't have said, just remember, somebody probably caught that on video and it's, it's going to be played again. Well, it's no different in church. I mean, the services are videotaped. People have cameras on their phones. So we want to have a professional team. We're not creating a team of bouncers. Okay, This is not a bar where if somebody doesn't want to pay the, the cover charge, we kick them out. We are about people. Churches are about people. And this church safety and security team is about people. We want to create a team of men and women who are great at dealing with people in a very professional way. Number three, communication skills. And a, lot, a little of this bleeds over from what we were talking about professionalism. But we want people who know how to talk to other people. We're not going to have somebody on our security team who just stands over in the corner and stares at their phone and checks Facebook and Instagram for, for an hour. We want somebody who's engaging with people, who's smiling, who's talking to people, who's shaking hands in the lobby or in the auditorium. We want people who know how to talk to people. We recently had a, a, a small situation in our church where somebody came in and uh, they were, they were nobody recognized them. It was obvious that this person had, had some emotional things going on and they kind of raised some red flags in, 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 in people that saw them come in. So they got one of the security people and said, hey, listen, you know, don't know what's going on here. Well, the security guy went over and talked to him, but he never said he was part of the security. He just said, hey, listen, I'm part of the church. Is everything okay? He seemed kind of upset and... He just engaged them in a simple conversation. He never said anything about security. He never identified himself. He just said, hey, man, I'm just part of the church. I'm just checking on you. Is everything okay? He was able to calm the person down, diffuse any potential bad situation, and when they walked away from the, the security team member, that new person was smiling. And so it's having good communication skills. And this is one of the things I used to, again, tell my police officers. Learning how to talk to people is the greatest skill you'll ever learn as a cop. Knowing how to shoot's great, but knowing how to talk to people is so, so important. And then number, number uh, four, firearms and tactics. Now, if you're in a, a country or one of the states in America that do not uh, make it easy for civilians to get a firearms permit, you know, you're going to have to adapt this. But if you're in a state like Georgia where it's easy for a citizen to get a firearms permit and it's, it's you know, no problem for a citizen to carry a concealed weapon, we want our security team, those who are armed, to be well-trained and well-versed in the use of their firearms. We want to help teach them. 
We want to help teach them good tactics, and we want, above all, for them to be safe. That's why one of the requirements to serve on our team is you have to have had a class, an introduction class, with a National Rifle Association certified instructor. The NRA is the uh, national standard for firearm safety, and so having a, a course with one of their instructors is very, very important. Now, of course, we're going to build on that training, but we want everybody to at least start there. So firearms and tactics. We'll spend time at the range. We're going to teach them to shoot. We want them to shoot well. We want them to be um, very, very um, uh, proficient in the use of their firearm. If they carry one in church as part of our safety and security team, we want them to know how to shoot and how to shoot well. So that's number four. Number five is simulator training. And this goes along with firearms training. Simulator training is designed to teach people good judgment. Um, one of the local uh, gun clubs here in our state has a firearm simulator, just like the police would use, where you can go in and use a gun just like you would normally carry that's got a laser in it, and you engage with a, a video that's shot onto the wall, and you engage with that video, and then you may have to shoot or not shoot, and then you're going to, um, because of the laser that's in there, it tells you where your shots hit, it tells you how quickly you shot, it'll also tell you if you should have shot or if you shouldn't have shot. So, so uh, you know, this is something you may not have access to where you're at, but if you have access to um, a good simulator, this is going to help you and help your people develop their judgment. I found the first time that we did this with people who were wanting to be a part of our team, um, there were some people that just didn't make the cut because, <coughs> excuse me, there were some people who just really had trouble following directions, who had trouble engaging with the simulator. And so, you know, we found other, other places for them to serve. But it's very, very important that, uh, you know, we work on people's judgment and that, uh, you know, we have good people with good judgment on our safety team. Well, all right, do not go away. <coughs> Excuse me. We will be right back. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my new fiction series, the Zombie Terror War series. Now, I get it. The word zombie probably throws you off. But trust me, this is not just a series about zombies. This is a book about the war on terror. And the series... Uh, much of it, other than the actual zombies, comes out of my own law enforcement experience. And I've been wanting to write fiction for a while and uh, tell some stories. And uh, these are very fast-paced, um, exciting stories. I'm getting very, very good reviews on Amazon now, and I hope you'll check them out. If you're a fan of The Walking Dead, or even if you're not, check them out. My wife, who is not a, uh, a Blood and Guts fan, said she loves the books she says they're not too gory, and she says they're very exciting. And there's even a little bit of a love story thrown in. So the Zombie Terror War series, check them out on Amazon. There will be a link in the show notes. Well, all right, we are back. We've talked about, and we're talking about creating a professional church security team. 
We've talked about active shooter training. We've talked about professionalism, helping our people understand that they're um, they're protecting their own families. They aren't bouncers. They're a safety team. Number three, developing their communication skills. Number four, helping them develop their firearms and tactics skills. Number five, uh, their judgment, helping them develop their judgment through working on a simulator. Number six, zones and areas of responsibility. Now, zones and areas of responsibility, this is what you as a pastor or, or at least the leader who's over the safety and security team is going to want to sit down with your people and design a, a, a strategy for how you're going to protect your church. And everyone's going to be different. If you have a small parking lot, then that's an area that you're not going to have to worry about. We, on the other hand, have a very large parking lot, and it it's something we have to take into account when we're talking about security because the lot is so big that you can't just see it from, from inside. You actually have to go out and walk around a little bit. So um, what is your plan? What are How, on any given Sunday morning, what do you want your safety officers to do? Where do you want them stationed? Um, how do you want them to, to check their areas? Um, this is up to you to decide, but it's one of those areas that has to be um, kind of formalized a little bit so people will have some direction. Next, we want to deal with, we want to teach them at least some basic defensive tactics. Now, we're not talking about creating martial artists, but we want our people to at least be able to protect themselves. Um, if somebody became violent in a church service, uh, we want a, the, the, the safety officer to be protected, but we also want the people around them to be protected. There was a video 25 or 30 years ago that went viral. A pastor in, uh, I believe it was in Oklahoma, was praying for people at the end of his church service. He asked people who wanted prayer for a particular area to come to the front, and he was go- they were lined up, and he was going down the line and just praying over each one quickly. No big deal, just, just praying for people, just touching them on the shoulder, praying for them, and moving on. But as he got to one particular man, this man had a chip on his shoulder, didn't like the pastor, and as soon as the pastor got to him, the man drew back and punched the pastor in the face. And people froze. They didn't know what to do. And then eventually some of the, the deacons and people grabbed the guy and held on to him till the police got there and arrested him for assaulting the pastor. But, you know, this could have ended very much, much, you know, worse than it did. Um, you know, as it was, I think the pastor ended up with a busted lip and maybe a chipped tooth. But it could have been much more serious if the man had been intent on doing any more harm because of how slowly people responded. So having people who know how to control somebody physically, um, again, we're not talking about fighting with people. We don't want to do that. But if somebody became violent in your church service, um, you know, maybe throwing a chair or, or, or just trying to hurt people, and you know, in the context of you know, they don't have, they don't have a gun or a knife, but but they become violent. How are you going to control them? So this is something that needs to be addressed. And so having a good defensive tactics instructor who who understands the dynamics of a church service, um, who can come in and help you address this, uh, would be very, very important. Number eight, we want to teach our people, we want to make sure they have at least a basic knowledge of first aid 
in CPR. Okay, back to our worst case scenario. If an active shooter comes in and manages to shoot some people before we're able to neutralize them, Who's going to provide first aid for those people that have been shot and wounded? Now, of course, we're going to call 911, but look, we know that's going to be a minimum of 10 minutes before they get there. And 10 minutes can be a, a huge, huge time span in somebody's life if they're bleeding out. Um, so we want people who can and uh, come in and maybe apply a tourniquet, help get the bleeding stopped, help stabilize patients until... Uh, paramedics get there. In this area, this area of first aid and CPR, this is probably something that you wouldn't want to just have your safety and security team trained in. You would probably also want to have your uh, deacons and possibly service team, other key people in the church, trained in these skills as well. Because if several people got shot, you'd probably need several people <clears throat> to come and provide first aid. But what about in the, the, the non- uh, worst case scenario, just where somebody in your congregation has a heart attack during a service. What if, you know, they walked out to their car and collapsed as they put their key in the, the lock to open their door? Now, who's going to go and render first aid to them? Um, you know, as as every church gets older, the members get older. And we've got several people in our church now that have have just gotten old and elderly. It happens to all of us. And, you know, we've had a few medical situations in church that have had to be dealt with. So having some basic first aid skills, um, you know, training your people in CPR, having a CPR instructor come in and certifying them in CPR you know, these are important things because it might make the difference in, 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 in somebody's life or death. And again, our job as a church and safety team, safety and security team, is to make sure everybody's safe. We're not bouncers. We're making sure everybody's safe. And that might be applying CPR to somebody who's having a heart attack. And then the last one, number nine. The, the ninth skill that you need to make sure your people, your safety team, your security team have is some executive protection skills. Actual bodyguard skills. And here's what I mean, and this is why this is important. Depending on how large your church is, you may from time to time have a high-profile preacher, teacher, leader come in and speak to your church. Now, this is awesome when you're able to do this, but it also brings the possibility of bringing crazy people in. Let me give you an example. Our church is not big enough to host him, um, I, I, I don't think, but let's just say Joel Osteen, for, for example. That's a name that everybody knows. Now, whether you like Joel or not, that's, that's not the point. The point is, he is a high-profile pastor who... Um, brings out emotion in people. There are many, many people who do not like Joel Osteen. Uh, that's fine. That's their, their prerogative. No problem. But if he was going to be speaking at your church and you were in charge of security, what would you do to make sure that he's safe? Because let's face it, once it got out on the news that you know he's going to be coming and speaking in your church, 
there's a good possibility you're going to have some, you know, obviously have some of his fans come. You know, that's that's great. But you also may have some crazy people come who might want to, um, you know, hurt him or even just come and yell at him or scream at him or, you know, verbally assault him or whatever. How are you going to deal with that? So having people who have some, some basic executive protection skills is very, very important. And in our particular church, we have some fairly high-profile speakers come in periodically, and usually myself or, or one of the active-duty police officers will just shadow them. You know, we don't get all in their business. We just kind of follow them around and make sure nobody hurts them or bothers them or, you know, causes them any trouble. Um, but this might also be an opportunity for you to hire an off-duty policeman to come in and do this. So the main thing is just think it through. If you're going to have an event and you've got a high-profile speaker or musician coming in, how are you going to make sure that that person is safe? Very, very important. So let's recap. We've talked about the importance of making sure our people have active shooter training, of raising their level of professionalism, helping them see themselves as professional security people in the, in the context of their church, not as bouncers at a bar. Number three, communication skills, learning how to talk to people. Number four, firearms and tactics. Number five, simulator training, judgment training. Number six, zones and areas of responsibility. Mapping out how you're going to handle situations and how you're going to have people cover different areas of the church. Um, defensive tactics, making sure we can control people. Number eight, first aid and CPR. And then number nine, executive protection skills. So these areas, I, I think you need to, to train your safety and security team in. Like I said, they're not exhaustive, but it gives you a good place to start. If I can help you, reach out to me at david uh, at davidspell.com. We'll talk. I'd you know, be more than happy to come help you, you, you put some of these things into place. Um, I would love to hear from you. Uh, let me know what you think about this important subject. What kind of plan do you have for church security, and what have I missed? Um, obviously, this has just been some very introductory um, podcast, but at least it gives us a place to start. But, if, but did I miss something really important? I'd love to know. So go to davidspell.com, leave your comment or your question in the comment section for today's post. If you haven't subscribed to get my free newsletter, subscribe. Uh, I don't give your email address out to anybody, and subscribers get my free subscribers-only newsletter. So let's stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and we'll see you next time on Leading and Learning.